I just had a revelation. Y'all don't steal this, and people don't steal this. I'm coming out with T-shirts. Therapy, let your theology inform your therapy. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it ain't. I'm that, that, is this, a shirt. I, I don't know who going to buy that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, y'all? Welcome to the A Space to Breathe podcast, a podcast for black men to be free, open, and vulnerable away from the pressures of manhood we find in different aspects of our lives. This is episode five of the pod, and we have two special guests this time. We have Reverend, Pastor, Bishop, Michael Davis, or Michael Jerome. Michael Jerome Davis. Davis. <laughs> okay, you already started. <laughs> and... Uh, YPG, hey. Chef Boy RG. Hey, nah, man. give me, hey, so give me that Lamar. same Reverend Jordan. I want that same title, man. Reverend YPG, baby. Nope. <laughs> uh, but we got Sir G with us too. Two of our pastors here um, at my church, downtown church here in Memphis. Um, also, friends and family in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about faith um, and the church and their implications for black masculinity. Uh, but yeah, before we jump in, uh, I, y'all can both introduce yourselves briefly <laughs> in a way that's natural to both. Yes, y'all. Michael, briefly. <laughs> go first. I'll go first go to show you how to do it. Um, what's up, y'all? I, I'm Sir Gregory. I'm born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, I am happily and blessed to be married to my wife of five years, Jade. And uh, we have two children, Karis and and uh, Sir Gregory II. And I'm happy to be here. I'm the youth pastor here at Downtown Church. So excited to hop in the convo. Wow, that was long. My name is Michael Davis. <laughs> I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. Been living in um, Memphis, Tennessee since 2013. Uh, married to my wife, Serena Davis. We got three boys. Uh, and yeah, glad to be here. Good job. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. So uh, our listeners know that we always start in start with a check-in. Uh, so you good, bro. Uh, y'all both have the journal. Y'all both have been supporters of Breathe. And so that's how we start every uh, journal entry in that journal so how you feeling you good uh, and why you feeling that way yeah i think uh i'm i'm good in the sense that you know i'm incredibly grateful for for where i am right now mm. and in my family um i think that's just the season that we've been in in the season of gratefulness yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah you know since i'm checking in i'm i'm good as you know um I'm, I'm getting through but it has been just a season of of, you know, I'm having to push through, you know, mm-hmm. this has been a season where I realized, man, I really need some rest, but I feel like I'm consistently just kind of pushing through right now. So yeah. I say I'm good as I'm getting through, but I also know I'm tired. Yeah. Yeah. I'm tired, boss. I'm tired. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I resonate with that. I say, I say I'm also tired. Um, lot of transition lot of change um and also just trying to like i have a hard time of sitting still anyways um i was i was in therapy this week and my my therapist was like we're gonna practice stillness for three minutes mm. and i tell you that was the longest three <laughs> minutes of my life like even in my mind i was like oh, let me think about this uh-uh, i'm gonna go back to breathing mm. like over and over the whole time and so 
been trying to figure out how to rest and relax. Um, but I feel like, and it kind of connects in some ways to just what we talk about here on the podcast. Just like as a man, I always feel like this pressure to keep going, mm-hmm. keep pushing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, like I said, today we're talking about um, faith and, and black masculinity. And I wanted to talk about this because I think that uh, for myself, like the, the church, specifically the black church, um, has a lot, has had a lot of influence on what I saw mm-hmm. in terms of what it means to be a man, mm-hmm. specifically a black man. Um, and I am in the space now where I'm deconstructing a lot of the things mm-hmm. that I learned. Um, and actually looking at like what is what does the word say like mm. what did, what did jesus actually do oh uh, and how do i mirror my life off of off of him but i want to go ahead and just start to crack into it uh so how for both of y'all how did uh church or faith um inform and contribute to your development of manhood um specifically as a black man man um how did the church influence like my view on manhood? Mm-hmm. The first thing that come to mind is just the like the call up um, to be a leader, to be a man was always felt and seen there. I remember like me and my brother like trying to just always just be us and play and you know just in our mind be little kids, but. Um, my aunties and the church always pulled me aside and was like, hey, you a leader. Like, like those little boys look up to you. Mm-hmm. So I think even early on, just the call up to to just being aware of of people behind me looking at me. Yeah. So even thinking about manhood, like like how do I live in a way that that is a good example for them coming up behind me? Um, yeah. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah, I think I want to be specific in, in terms of my experience. Um, there's, a, there's a woman, her name is Vanessa Harsley, late Vanessa Harsley. Uh, she had a huge role in my life and, and several others. Uh, she, her experience in being our youth leader uh, was to not just, uh, just kind of give us filler things or whatnot, but to actually make us men of God and women of God and uh, the way she did that was teaching us leadership because she had executive experience mm. um, teaching us how uh, to respond and dress and carry ourselves mm. uh, which I would say you know I learned it in the church but then also I learned that through school mm. uh, teachers who really took intentional aspects to know uh, or and, you know methods to say you know this is how we this is how we ought to stand out and be different and carry ourselves um, and so the church did that. And being a man, what happens is you see deacons and elders, you see <clears throat> pastors and leaders who exemplify that in, in ways that uh, that are that are serving you. So when you see the brothers opening the doors, holding, opening the doors for sisters mm-hmm. coming in or kids coming in or protecting and, and leading well, uh, it gives you a model. And I think that that's what the church had informed for me. And so, like, it's there's a real care for the church. Um, due to that respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I immediately think about the brotherhood. Mm-hmm. There was always the the auxiliary is what we call them. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we mm-hmm. try to be fancy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> There's not ministries, it's auxiliaries. 
<laughs> but it was like the brotherhood was like kind of as soon as I got old enough, I think I probably started going to all of like the the men's things. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as I like as young as like eight or nine, yeah. like mm-hmm. with my with my pops, and I think that that's where. I feel like I saw the most black men. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, especially going to, I didn't go to like, like predominantly white schools, but I like Nashville is where I'm from, and like it's super cosmopolitan in general. Mm-hmm. So like all of my schools were like super diverse, yeah. um, and so I didn't see a whole ton of like black men outside of my dad mm-hmm. until I went to church. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I think that I picked up a lot from how they interacted, mm. whether it was with other people in the church, whether it was with their wives, whether it was with me. Like, mm. I think that that um, is influenced a lot of like what I learned about mm. uh, black men and how black men should be. Yeah. Uh, I'm wondering, like, like, I feel like we we're talking about kind of generally like how like being in church um, helped us understand manhood. Mm. And I wonder how much of that you feel like was beneficial and what was not. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I think, um, man, what's beneficial. So even as you talk about like their brotherhood, um, we used to take like a man's trip every summer. um, T.D. Jakes had a conference called Man's Power that yeah, we, we typically went there um, either to Dallas or Atlanta <laughs> and it was a church trip of like yeah. men's only but like we kicked it mm-hmm. and like as a little boy like I'm <laughs> kicking it with the grown men yeah. and so like part of it was like I'm hearing their conversations I'm hearing right. um, you know us walking um, down Atlanta at night and and some of the men like woo wee like I need to get home because, you know, like they just made those comments. But like even to me on Sunday, seeing them and like their ministry roles, but then just being able to kick it with them, show like the humanity um, and just the and just the realness of like being a man of God, but also being a man yeah. in this world. And so, man, like those trips really um, shaped me, um, yeah. like really taught me a lot, um, really. Um, you know, just really encouraged me to, to even be a man after God's own heart. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the flip side, I've, <laughs> I've done just some work and just even kind of like debriefing, as you said, um, deconstructing, reconstructing, yeah. like what some of the images I saw versus what I believe um, the Bible teaches mm-hmm. on like biblical manhood. And one thing is, is just the whole idea of like what a man is mm. the image I was often given and not just in my church but I think in like just the church era I grew up in was a man is like this dominant um, figure when he comes home the wife got his dinner ready yeah um, it's my way or the highway yeah and and so when I began to grow up in my manhood to, to grow in my manhood when I didn't natu- naturally um, just like feel that, you know, it's my way or, or, or the highway. I'm mm-hmm. like, am I a man? Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. I, I get married and my wife is better with the finances than I am. Mm-hmm. And, and my first, you know, instinct is to be like, I'm the man. Like you need to, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it's just like, yeah. and what I'm even learning more about serving leadership is that, is that, me being the man is me being the greatest servant 
and it's not just you serve me because I'm the man, but yeah. it's yeah. You, is my wife is able to submit to me as the man because I'm already laying down my life and serving her. Yeah. You know, like that's the model. I don't do it perfectly, but like that's the model. And I think I've, I have had to do a lot of just mental work in my mind and in my heart mm -hmm. on, on what does it look like for me to lay down my life first yeah. Yeah. and not be so disappointed when my wife is not serving me as I want her to. Yeah. So since he took a long time <laughs> asking some questions, yeah, 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 we gonna be like that. All right, Mike. <laughs> like, all right, Mike. Uh, uh, but no, in all seriousness, <clears throat> my, mine's come because I'm gonna share the benefit and the non-benefits in a way that's a little bit different. Because uh, my mother wanted to start going to church when I was a teenager, yeah. and so a lot of what I was formed and shaped by wasn't the church. Right. Uh, and so what I had was, you know, my, my step pops. You know, he was the man in my life. He you know, when I turned 16, he was like, this, this, you got a car, this, this is what you need to be prepared for when you, you know, have a sex with women kind mm -hmm. of deal. So, mm -hmm. you know, the church not teaching you that, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so when I went, when I started going to church and I had, and I became a believer, there was some brothers who, so I was, I'm from St. Louis. I went to U city. There's some brothers from Normandy. Uh, I'll never forget. They came and picked me up. Um, and, they asked me hard questions. The first question was, who you having sex with? Mm. That was the first question. <clears throat> and I'm like, I don't even know these guys. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Who are y'all, bro? Yeah. Like, wait, and, and that broke the ice in a way that, <clears throat> uh, I, I, like, that, that really formed and shaped me. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, I, I didn't have to hide. I didn't have to. It was just all of us had came from different areas and we knew one another and like we can relate to one another and so that that affected the way that we get that I was able to contrast what I did see as a man of God yeah so I was able to see oh if I don't walk this way this is what it looks like mm. if I do walk this way this is what it looks like mm -hmm. and so the benefit in, that the church does give you it helps you to see how you can prosper in the Lord yeah. um, by just merely following him. Uh, but the other aspect of it is, is that I was able to see that um, though that, you know, some people may perceive themselves to be prospering outside of the Lord, that, that favor and grace is one thing that you can't manifest or calculate within itself. Mm. And so you just, you know, I had to make those decisions and I had to give a, I had to always give a, a reason as to why. Yeah. Um, and so the church, in the negative sense, doesn't necessarily depend on how you, because it depends on what church you kind of come from. It doesn't prepare you if you, if, if that's all you've been indoctrinated with, in answering. Okay, what are the non-benefits? Mm -hmm. You know. And so it's more so I begin I begin to find myself at church almost every single opportunity we got. You know. Yeah. When it was when it was a youth thing or when it was whatever. And that's what helped me to be in um, and learn and be around. But I think that at the same time to the non-benefits, you, you, if, you, if that's all you know, then you don't have any understanding outside of that. And so when you begin to engage mm -hmm. in that later in life, you're not informed as to how to move. Forward. Yeah, yeah. I think y'all both hit on some good points. I think one thing I'm thinking about to, to Sir G's point is similarly, like, I saw a lot of, like, black men in the church with this very, like, dominant alpha male personality of, like, 
whatever I want, like, my wife needs to do it. Mm. Uh, like, even to the fact where, like, our first pastor, when I first grew up, like, it was weird to me because, like, he would be bragging on, like, I woke up at 3, 3 a.m. in the morning and wanted some biscuits, and I woke my wife up to cook me some biscuits, and she <laughs> cooked me some biscuits. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, how is that? Like, even when I was younger, I was just like, that's that's not cool. Why are you getting up? But I think it's also to the point of, like, it's a generational difference of, like, there was this, um, this like, interpretation that, like, women should be, like, the cook, the clean, cook, right. the cleaners and whatever like that. Um, but I think we've obviously shifted where mm-hmm. we are now. I think it's funny that you mentioned like dying to yourself because so like we went through counseling, premarital counseling with Michael and I was like, so it says I need to love my wife mm-hmm. like Christ loved the church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I got to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm just like, that's what? Like, mm-hmm. I think that like, sim- like that's still like something that I- I'm working through. But like to my point, I'm just like, that's not what I saw going on. Like, right. It felt like the man got whatever he wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't see that as much at home because mm-hmm. my parents were like starting to like challenge that idea. But yeah. like when I saw men at the church, it was like, oh, they just the, the woman does whatever he wants, uh, whatever uh, the man wants her to do. Um, and I think that that's definitely something that I've had to deconstruct as but, well. You know what? What? Let me give you a good example of just the dynamic in which I kind of perceive those those things like my mother was not a, like a cooking woman mm-hmm. right my mama she was she, but she was she was alpha in her own way mm-hmm. right very much strong very much and so my 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 like my pops when they got together you know and he would say this it it, it was more so she was very strong and helped shape in mm-hmm. some ways yeah. um because of what he came out of uh but the thing about it is uh, Vanessa Harsley and Pastor Harsley, first lady Vanessa Harsley, late Vanessa Harsley, Pastor Harsley, they were a model mm. of a family that we all said to ourselves, like, yo, that's what we want to be like. Yeah. You know, because what he showed and demonstrated still to this day is a very kind, very much soft and gentle hearted man. Mm. You, you're not, you're not going to see him walk into a room and just did and, and be the most charismatic individual, yeah. but he's going to be soft, gentle, and kind. But his wife was, was she's a singer. You know, you think that she's going to still alive, but what she would do is she would, she would defer to him. Yeah. And it gave, it gave us a good model, model in terms of like what we, what we saying. So, and so like, what is, I don't know. How do you like, um, for 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 men who think that like oh that's not submission like mm-hmm. shit like or, or even like she shouldn't like outshine the man like mm-hmm. there's like like Christians who think that women right. should just kind of be like right in the shadows and so like how do you, like how does that kind of like I don't know like what do you say to that Yeah, I, I think that I think that you know that's a myth. You know, yeah. um, it's not biblical. It's not sound. There's nothing in the Bible that says a woman needs to do that. And so when when we think about the relationship and the roles in marriage, the idea of one submitting to one another is exactly that to one another as unto the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, y'all know the diagram that um, that I've used and, and it's been used and adopted. Like if we're on a triangle, both man and woman are at the end of, at the bottom of the triangle. And they're not moving towards each other yeah. and moving towards each other then that means you have 
have some level of perfection that, and she has some level of perfection that you can then, you know, relate on or, or collaborate in some sense. But no, you're moving to the Lord. And so the idea then is, is your submission. When we talk about submitting to one another, the man has to submit. We may not see it in that Ephesians 5 passage as like man submit, but it is saying that by laying down your life, right? And that's the woman, a lot of submission. That's a lot, that's a lot of submission. And, and, then, and, and the wife just is the same in terms of submitting to, to her husband as unto, and it both says as unto the Lord. Yeah, yeah. And so that's very important for anybody that thinks that like, oh, a domineering man looks as if, looks as if he can't wash dishes. Mm-hmm. He can't cook, mm-hmm. you know, like that, that, that's why I mean by the dynamic I had. I say my pops taught me how to cook. Yeah. You know yeah. My mama ain't say, baby, get this how you get in the mm. kitchen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. My mama wasn't doing the Thanksgiving meals where yeah. she's stripping greens. Mm. We had the matriarchs for that. You feel mm. what I'm saying? But then my first lady and my pastor, you had that dynamic. Yeah. And so that was the thing that I was able to see um, play out well in that sense. So, so I really think this even makes us ask the question, like, what is a man? Mm-hmm. Because, like, this really um, affects and, and influences. Yeah. I would be on manship right. because like growing up, what I was, ta- what, what I saw or what I just, no one said being a man is being the strongest, being mm-hmm. the most athletic, having right. the most girls, mm-hmm. um, having the most money, having the best car. No one specifically said this is the manhood, you know what I'm saying, definition, but that is what I had in my you know head. Yeah. Like me being the man is, yeah. is I got to be the strongest in the room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have to be the alpha male. I right. have to make sure, um, make people um, look up to me, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. either out of fear or respect. So I have to find that thing that's going to make people either fear me or respect me. Which was working out of your insecurities, right? Working yeah. out of my insecurities. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, yeah. so now as I grow in my faith and grow and um, just becoming more like Jesus, it's, it's Jesus is the... Is the ultimate definition of manhood. And when I look at Jesus, I see kind of what uh, Michael was talking about with his pastor, like just a um, definition of meekness. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. Jesus has all of the power, but he's able to yeah. Yeah. to be gentle, to be kind, right. to to even when you hurt me, I don't have to um, dominate you yeah. and, and put you in your yep. place, but I can, you know, love you. And I feel like. You could t- and you could take the blows. Yeah, mm. you could take the blows take the without blow. knowing, without believing, or seeing that it, it makes you vulnerable, extremely vulnerable, and and, and weak. It, you can endure that. Yeah, yeah. You know that's strength. Especially yeah. being a father with a little two year old girl. Like, man, <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so many times where like this, just real. Like I'm in the middle of her saying no to me, yeah. smacking me when she yeah. get mad, and it's like. It's like in my head, I have to laugh because I'm like, you don't know what I can do to you. <laughs> like you, my two-year-old daughter yeah. is angry at me, smacking me. But like yeah. Mike said, like I'm able to endure her little, you know, hit mm-hmm. because it's like I love her. Um, I care for her as, as a loving father. And I just think, man, we really have to even learn a new definition of yeah. manhood. Yeah. yeah. I think even to that point, like I, I'm thinking about um, the way in which I was like, what is a man? And like what, how I was taught to um, express myself as mm. a man at church. Um, 
mm. express my emotions. Mm. All and those were you things. taught to express your emotions? I was not. Mm. <laughs> like I wasn't. Oh, mm. I think like I, I think about it. I, I don't think I ever saw a man cry at church. Mm. Mm. Um, I never saw even a man like worship beyond like clapping and. Mm. Saying like hallelujah, but like or they were always the prayer, the prayers, <laughs> the long prayer, the altar call. But yeah. that was it. But like it was the women who shouted, it was mm. the women who cried, it was the women who did all these things. And um, like there was the this one man at church who would like get really excited, and everybody thought he was a little sus. Like it was never, <laughs> it was never like you could, <laughs> you could like just like worship even. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the thing that was like crazy for me is then like. The shortest verse in the Bible is Jesus wept. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, wait, Jesus cried, but I don't see no other man crying. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that, yeah, it, it, I, and still like it to this day, like have to like be like, no, it's okay that I'm like worshiping. It's yeah. okay that I am yeah, I like expressing whatever whatever emotions I'm feeling in this moment because yeah. I think like church should be a place where you feel safe to do that, yeah. um, but. Uh, like and like away from like all these like standards and expectations of your manhood. Uh, I don't know if y'all have any experience like that, but I would say the church. So when I when I became when the Lord pricked my heart, I was crying. Mm. <clears throat> I didn't know. I still don't even know what Bishop Fraser was preaching about. Yeah. All I was doing was weeping and walking to the front to uh, to to give my life to the Lord to something to figure out what that looks like. But I think that. I would say what shaped me more was more of uh, because I played sports. That that and, and I would be honest, my, you know, my mother was was like extremely tough, mm-hmm. and it had to do with her past and her, and her own trauma. So it wasn't no, it was it was suck that up. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. get get, get, get it that, together. Get, it, yeah. get, get that get that together. And yeah. so I believe what I felt being. In the presence of God, um, amongst others, and even when I sit in the front of the churches on purpose, so I'm not even looking at what other people are doing. Mm. Like I, it, it is to to feel that freedom to do so. But I would say there is this this mental hurdle to get over that mm. idea of 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 crying, um, yeah. et cetera. And there were some people that were just laying hands on me the other day and praying praying over me. And uh, you know, my mother passed away in 2009. And every time, you know, I have a child or, you know, something happened, a milestone in my life, I think about what my mother was saying, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> it was a black woman holding my hand, and, uh, and she was squeezing my hand, and I was just praying to the Lord because I was like, God, I just want to hear my mama's voice, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, and I was just crying, you mm-hmm. know? And so it was just the moments where I feel as if, God has met me, has broken me down to that degree. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, I have to work through my own uh, masculinity to say that, you know, that it's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, I think, man, my story is similar to Mike's in some way. And I don't blame the church for not teaching me on my emotions. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that's just the culture mm-hmm. that we live in, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so I play sports too. So it's like, in the football locker room, you, you can't get hit and start crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or your girlfriend broke up with you right before practice and you walk in the locker room, you for sure can't be crying. <laughs> 
because your girlfriend broke up with you, yeah, you know. And yeah. so it just so it's just like how do I express my emotions? And man, I have a vivid memory of when my when I was told that my dad died. Mm. When they first told me my dad died, they they instead of letting me cry, they like made me play the game. Like my family was like, Oh, go play the PlayStation. Mm. Like they tried to like shield me from those feelings. Mm. And so I think like the majority of my life was shielding from mm. emotions. That's good. That's good. Yeah. From yeah. feeling yeah. emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what did every emotion I I felt turned into anger. Yeah, yeah. So now I'm the angry boy fighting in church every right, Bible study because right, right. you stole my seed or whatever. I'm fighting for everything. Yep. Um, every time I'm sad, it turned to anger. Yep, yep. And so what the men at, at church did, because they didn't know how to work through their emotions, they told my mama, hey, Put that boy in football. <laughs> right, right. That boy right. got some. Get, 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 aggression yeah. get that aggression off. They gonna be something. <laughs> and Lord behold, I was good at football. And all that anger. <laughs> and it helped, you know. <laughs> but but years later, it's like I'm still I'm still sad. I'm still mm. angry. I still mm. don't know how to process. And and what Mike said was like, when I came to Christ, when the Lord finally got in my heart, like it was one of the most freeing moments in my mm-hmm. life because I cried like I never cried before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I cried and came to Christ, but after that, God really began to heal me because yeah. I never grieved my dad's death. Yeah. Right. 15 years went by, and no one in my family said to each other, I wish dad was here. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we just didn't talk about it. We just ignored all of that, so... Saying a lot to say, um, I've really learned how to um, like walk, like enter into my emotions and do the work to even ask, like, what am I feeling right yeah, now? Yeah. You know. So it's only two things. One is funny, and one is not. <laughs> but um, I got an executive coach, right? And so, uh, uh, and you know, he, he asked me the other day. He said. Uh, you know, what you doing for self-care? You know, we talking about all these. And so I just kind of let him know what I was doing. Um, but it took me back. Like, I, I didn't realize how uh, aggression, how I had pent up aggression, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. still like not having to release that anywhere. So I had to start going to a trainer. I had to start going to a coach to like really work some of that out in in a sense like because I, I still see a therapist yeah but at the same time i needed to like move something mm-hmm. i needed to throw something mm-hmm. and that that action that physical deal it does something for me every single time mm-hmm. um and even if the competitive sense that to drive myself because i was telling my wife we had a date night uh last night and i, and I was like you know it's crazy because in my mind, if I'm working out by myself, I talk to myself so crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to say what I be yeah. saying to myself right now because right. it, it may Push not be as safe. But I talk to myself so crazy, and that's the level of aggression that's in my mind yeah. that, I'm, that I'm releasing through that. But the other thing to the crying piece, I'll never forget. A girl I was dating in high school, uh, 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 what was it? She, we, we went to homecoming together, all of that stuff, right? Um, and, you know, your boy was home, part of homecoming court and everything, you know what I'm saying? Oh, all that yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. But, uh, but she broke up with me. Oh, my goodness. Right? After, I don't know how, I can't remember how long it was, but she broke up with me. I was crying. Crying. I, I, 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Keep, keep this off camera. <laughs> keep this off camera. I'm weak. No, nah, it's going on I, here. That's crazy. Okay, <laughs> edit, edit. Come on. Go ahead. Exactly what do right there, edit. But, uh... I'm crying. I go to my mom, mama. <laughs> my mom on the edge of the bed, knocked out, <laughs> calling the hogs, right? I say, Mama, 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 please wake up. She said, Boy, what is it? I said, I said, I ain't gonna say her name because somebody may, she was like, may be listening. Well, so I said, So I so broke up with me. She said, Oh, but go back to bed. She be all right. Mm. I said, yeah, yeah, nah, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> I think you, uh, you touched on this a little bit too, though. Um, but the actually, no, I want to go a different way. I don't want to leave that just yet. Um, so, like, what, what does? How do we like then? So we have the culture that talks about like how we should be as men. Uh-huh. And I think in a lot of ways, sometimes the church is too influenced by culture. Mm-hmm. But then yeah. how do we look towards, like, Christ? How do we look towards the word in terms of, like, yeah. okay. what is true around expressing emotions yep. as men specifically? Yeah. Yep. Man, I think, so, a verse that helped me to deal with my grief, ongoing grief, of my father's dying when I was seven. And I really didn't start to process him dying until I turned probably like 23, 24. Mm. And the verse that I looked at was Psalm 13. Mm. And David is pretty much depressed and he's pretty yeah. much crying out to God. Yeah. And, and you can read it and you can maybe think, okay, David, man, you exaggerating a little bit. Right. But he's like, God, if you don't answer me, I might die. I'm going to go to sleep and never wake up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, you see that language, but you mm-hmm. begin to just feel like where David mm-hmm. may be. And then you put yourself in that. But then the very next verse, it was like, but I trust in your unfailing love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. so I think even in the church, um, sometimes when, when we do get bad news, church people mean well, but they can just be like, oh, trust in the guy. It's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. And they just jump to mm-hmm. everything is okay. But it's like, no, I'm in a season right yeah. now where I'm yeah. not okay. Mm-hmm. Right. God, where are you? Yeah. How long, oh, Lord? Like, how long? Like, how long are you not going to answer me? How long are you going to hide your face from me? Mm-hmm. And it's like, as I began to walk through that, as I began to bring my doubts and concern to God, but still holding on to his uh, unfailing love, I think like God just, and the, and the only way he can comes beside us in those moments mm-hmm. and, and just walk with us, yeah. you know. So, you know, it's crazy because we share the story of losing our parents. You know, I was about 25 or 26 or whatever. And, um, you know, the, I, would, I, w- I would say it's been more so knowing the character of God as opposed to, like, just straight up going to the Bible. Like, knowing God's character and who he is. Yeah. So forming that out of the Bible, because it's, 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 it's a lot of places mm-hmm. throughout the scriptures, helps me to know him more significantly. And right. I say that because, you know, the church really could have, like, made me walk away from the faith. Mm. Um, when my mother died, I'm, I, you know, uh, chaplain bring us out of the room. Like, 
they they come in, rush everything in, chaplain bring us out. I'm going to, I'm trying to go through the scriptures, Lord, thinking I'm believing the healing now. I, I, I don't care what y'all say. God can do some things yeah. that, that that's above. And so I'm believing that. Mm. I'm in there opening the scriptures and I'm praying, I'm reading. Boom, he come in, he, he take us into the room and, you know, she gone. And so, you know, I fall to my knees and I'm just praying, okay? So I want you to have this picture. I'm praying to the Lord. Yeah. My, my 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 sister's not in town yet. So, but my, my I don't know what my pops doing. Yeah. Here it is, twenty six year old. Here it is, my, my pops. How old he is at the time? I don't know what he's doing, but I know who I gotta go to. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And so I'm praying and I'm calling on them. This, that, and the third. Fast forward, I call um the pa- the pastor of the church where we both were going at the time, and uh and you know he pick up the phone. I said, my mama died because we trying to do funeral arrangements, right? <clears throat> he said, well, your mama ain't paid tithes in mm. X amount of time, right? So, I'm, you know, <clears throat> I don't know how to process this at the time. Yeah. So, I'm just like, I'm, I'm crying. I call, I call my first lady. I call Vanessa. I said, uh, you know, so-and-so said so-and-so. And she said, baby, don't, don't, that ain't for you to worry about right now. And they, they, they shepherd me through that process. Yeah. And the reason I share that story is because in some of the deepest, deepest and most darkest moments of my life, it, you know, it, you know, at that moment I've I tried to search the scriptures, but my mind is racing. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's sometimes when your mind is racing, you can't just boom, lightning focus. The thing I was able to know is that God is with me mm-hmm. and there's a promise that he'll never leave me mm-hmm. nor forsake me. There's a promise that he's going to make sure that he cares for me, even though mm-hmm. I got to endure such hardship. Yeah. And so yeah. to your to, to, to your question of like masculinity, it's been trying to ever grow in my relationship and knowing God as my father, uh, as the one that cares for mm-hmm. me, shepherds me, comforts me, et cetera. Leading me in my life yeah. is, is what has been the, Yeah, no, that's good. I, I think about... When I first started coming to downtown, I was after a breakup. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to the gym when she broke up with me. <laughs> and then I started crying. So I did all of it. <laughs> uh, but I think at the same time, it was like, uh, it was just a, a moment of like identity formation for yeah. me. Um, and I questioned if I even believed in God for a while. Um, and I started coming to church in that whole summer. We were doing a series on lament. Yeah. Um, and I cried every Sunday. Wow. <laughs> um, still wasn't like, I don't know about God or whatever, but I still felt like, um, like, I think we were going through Psalms. Yeah, so we were doing yeah. lament. And like, that was when I was like, well, dang, like, I didn't know that people actually were angry at God mm-hmm. before. I didn't know yeah. people were feeling in distress around yeah. thinking God's not there. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly where I was. Yep. And so, yeah, and no, I definitely resonate with both of those and I think that what I don't want to do though still is like like get to this point where I think we there's our there's these moments or like I heard the narrative growing up of like just pray just pray you're right yeah, or yeah, just yeah. like yeah. Uh, yeah. or you're not praying hard enough if yeah. things are not working out yeah, absolutely or if you're still struggling with whatever mental health issues or right. whatever grief or whatever like right. It's because you're not doing something enough in yeah. your faith. Um, and I think that's to your point earlier that you like brought up was like, I think personally like therapy, like, and like faith go 
together. Yeah. Um, a lot of ways, me being in therapy has helped me um, be able to worship God more. Absolutely. Because uh, I, I feel like I, I go to a, a therapist who, he's a Christian, but he doesn't always counsel as from a specifically Christian perspective. Yeah. But the ways in which I'm able to kind of work through, like, the wounds of an evil world mm-hmm. uh, helps me uh, kind of reorient myself back yep. towards God. Yep. And so I wonder, like, what y'all's thoughts are, like, and your experience with therapy and, like, even as pastors and preachers, like, how has those two things kind of come into alignment for you? Yeah, I think, man, counseling is so beneficial and I'll even say needed. Mm. Even though I know everybody don't have the privilege or the timing to, you know, go. Mm. But I just even think about how we are to meditate on scriptures. Mm. Yep. And not just, you know, even as a pastor, like, I'm not just to be able, oh, um, John 1 says this, so yeah. obey it. Yeah. But, like, even part of meditation is just, like, how do I meditate on, like, what happens when I meditate on something? Yep. It begins to work. Um, it begins to just even strip away things, thoughts, and counseling, in a sense, um, does the same thing. You know, it, it helps you look within. You know, it helps you say, man, what's really going on within me? Yeah. So, for example, um, I think we all married men right here. Um, <laughs> and it's like, it's so easy to just, man, my wife ain't doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, I've come to Mike several times. <laughs> man, my Jay, man, she, my, well, you know, hey, man. It's her. It's her. <laughs> and Mike, I hate, but he's so good at it's not her. It's you. Look at you. Why y'all sound like that, right? And I'm like, bro, I ain't trying to hear that, bro. You ain't hear me, Mike. I need somebody to hear me right now. But when I stop and like do the work within me, when I go to therapy and say, man, I'm like, it's something going on within me. I'm able to say, ooh. I'm only mad at Jade because, like, mm-hmm. because, and I'm able to connect that dot. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So yeah. even when yeah. you think about, man, being more relational healthy, um, yeah. emotional healthy, yeah. but even being able to, uh, my fear with so many Christians is is the, who say, oh, just pray about it, just believe, just believe. Oh, yeah, over spiritualized. It's like, it's like, man, you are ignoring the journey that God wants you on. Mm, right. You, you know what I'm saying? Right. Work that out. So for me, when my dad died, it's easy for somebody to just be like, oh, just believe, just yeah, pray, yeah, just yeah, pray. Yeah. But I had to cry in my car at parking lot, say, why God, why? Mm-hmm. And in that moment, like God came close to me and was like, I'm your heavenly father. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I've been with you every step of the way. Yes, yes, you lost your dad, but but look at all the men I put in your life in different seasons yeah. that taught you. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I, I began, yeah. like, my perspective began to shape. And mm-hmm. and now, like, when Mike talk about I know the character of God, God being mm-hmm. my father, mm-hmm. that's never going to be shaken. Yeah. You know, because I walked through this journey and didn't just over-spiritualize and say, forget therapy and just pray about it. So. Facts. I just had a revelation. Y'all don't steal this and people don't steal this. I'm coming out with T-shirts. Therapy and let your theology inform your therapy. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it ain't. I'm that, 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 a shirt. I, I don't know who going to buy that shirt. With <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jesus plus therapy? Right. I was like, this they, is, I mean. They got Jesus. Therapy. I'm sorry. Jackie Hill Perry? Yeah. Sorry. My bad. 
That's I don't know who theology. that is. Right. I don't know who that is. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I went to her conference, though, didn't we? No. Okay. I'm with the man about one, the man about one, the man about well, cool, y'all. Thanks for so much for coming through. I uh, really appreciate the conversation. Uh, I think it'll be uh, beneficial uh, to to our listeners for sure. Yeah, uh, appreciate you, man. Any last last pieces of wisdom or words you want to leave with the people before we, we sign out? I say, listen, man, we need a part two. There's so much we ain't deal with. We yeah. got to deal with. So part two coming up. Y'all be on the lookout. Love y'all. Peace. You know what I'm saying? I'm being really silly. You are. I was because Brendan didn't ask us for no part two. Mike just Ooh. Mike trying to take over the podcast. I mean, nah, nah, I ain't trying to take over the podcast. I'm a special guest. I got you. You know what I'm saying? I'm playing my lane, bro. I got you, man. Um, <laughs> any last words from me? Go get you a therapist if you ain't got one. Yes, sir. I got my last words now. And pray. Jesus okay. and therapy. <laughs> uh, not, not Jesus and therapy. Theology. Uh, there you go. You go, you go hey. Sometimes I, don't, I forgot the phrase already. <laughs> Let it wasn't theolo- catchy enough. Theology informed therapy. All right. Yeah, that's my last words. You actually said, let your therapy inform your theology. But I rethought it afterwards, and I'm like, yo, you know what I'm saying? We got to come for it. I'm out, child. <laughs> All right, y'all. That, conclu- that concludes uh, episode five. Remember, uh, we're here every Friday. Come back next week, and we'll keep these conversations going. Um, and last thing, breathing as a black man is an act of resistance. All right, y'all, keep heart.